You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today on Two Black Guys with Good Credit, we dug into the crates for a classic episode. We hope you enjoy it. This week on Two Black Guys with Good Credit, we are going six feet under. We are burying the dead and telling you everything you need to know. Two Black Guys with Good Credit. What's up, podcast family? My name is Sean. And I am Arlington. I know burying the dead is a topic that nobody wants to discuss, but the reality is we're all going to die one day. So, Sean, the question is, why did you choose this topic? Arlington, after knowing you for 25 years, I'm just trying to find an easy way to get out of this relationship, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You're never leaving me. I I will haunt you from the grave. You know, the funny thing is, I I absolutely believe you will, to be honest. But you know, I will. On a serious note, uh, my mother passed away in December 2013, and when she passed, I felt I was really unprepared for what I was going to undertake as far as estate planning and the funeral uh, arrangements. So I felt that this is something that our audience will really take note of and and plan better than I did and, and share information that I got along the way. Well, there you have it. That all makes sense, and we're sorry to hear about the passing of your mom, Sean. And um, today we're going to have a lot of good information for you guys. So sit tight. And Matt, take us away. Thanks, Arlington. This sponsorship break is brought to you by Clean. Clean is a financial literacy program designed to educate youth in a fun and interactive way through class lessons, workshops, and web seminars. To bring it to a school or organization near you, please visit www.financiallyclean.com. Dion, the lady with the facts. Please give us the history on wills and estate planning. Surely, Arlington. Uh, Wills appear to be the earliest form of estate plan, actually. Uh, Under Justinian Code in ancient Rome, 
written and oral wills were actually recognized, but they had to be approved by public officials. Okay, like Sean. That's right. I publicly um, approve you give me all of your money. Yes, I publicly approve that. <laughs> and then in Anglo-Saxon England, it was actually royalty that approved land transfers, and view, you know, which were viewed as transfers of power. So then in the 12th century, there was something that was practiced called primogeniture. And that's where property automatically passed on to the eldest son. But by 1540, the Statute of Wills was enacted allowing landowners to, to dispose of their land as they wished. So that was really the basis for the modern-day will that's used today. Okay, I got you. So, Sean, how would you define estate planning? The definition of estate planning textbook is the process of anticipating and arranging during a person's life for the disposal of their estate. But I look at estate planning as simply finding a way to transfer assets or property or business A to party B, C, D, or E. And to do it in a way that minimizes your taxes that you would have to pay to the government. That's, that's to me, what it is in a nutshell. So the idea is a little planning can be cost effective, but no planning can land you in a thing called probate court, correct? Yes. What is probate court exactly? Probate court basically is, is to do, used to distribute property at death, meaning a judge reveal the will if it's valid and review the estate and decide how things will be distributed. And you know if lawyers and judges are involved, it be, can become very expensive and, once, and the outcome is unpredictable. So, you know, the goal is to av- avoid this. And how to avoid this is what I'm going to talk right. about the whole show is being proactive. Sean, right. can I just say something? I am um, so happy we are having this show. I'm not sure if everyone's aware, but approximately 55% of American adults don't even have a will or an estate plan in and place, what's the stat according to LexisNexis. And what's the stat amongst minorities? Because it's Oh, even and that higher. jumps even higher, Arlington. So uh, for black adults, it's 68%. And then it jumps even higher for Hispanics at 74%. Right. And I can be honest, you know, keeping it honest with my audience and, you know, although we, we talk about this stuff, this is stuff that we all need to work on. You know, I need to work on my will as well right. and my estate planning and making sure everything is in order. And it, and to be honest, with you, unless you do it, your vote. What are you going to leave me, Sean? Unless you, can I get the house? Can I get the house in Barbados? Yeah, sure. I've been a good friend. <laughs> I'll just make sure I pull out every dime of equity out of it before I leave it to you and make you over. Anyhow, that's another conversation. Such but, Sean, that's such a Sean Linda move. But wow, anyway, you know, you would do that. You would do that. That's another conversation, my friend. That's why we're talking about burying the dead. Can I tell you a story? My um, grandfather's brother owned property in New York. And when he passed away, a distant aunt tried to seize title to that property by saying that there were no other living relatives. And my uncle, who was in the U.S. at that time, this is all like in the 50s, late 50s, early 60s. When you were a young adult? He put a stop, <laughs> he put a stop on the judgment and actually um, in the probate court and got my grandfather to come from South America, Guyana, to New York to say that he was a living heir. And my grandfather bought out this, got, well, my grandfather, because he's closer than the aunt, he got title to the property and gave it to my uncle. And that's how my uncle started. Exactly. That's the, one um, of the things I've learned from this whole America. estate planning. Like, 
anybody can step up and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cousin or a family member to this person that does yeah, exactly. disease. And then you have to take it through probate court. And the judge has to determine if this person is real or not. But the thing about it, what sucks is that it can cost you a lot of money just to get to the judge to render that decision that this guy's an idiot. He's not related to you and he doesn't deserve anything. And by that time, you may have spent out all of the estate just defending it. So, right. Yeah. And that doesn't, but that kind of brings in why it's good to have that thing called an irrevocable trust, right? Well, you know, as we've all delved and we've argued on the side, audience may not know about this whole irrevocable trust thing. Um, it has its pros and its cons. And one of the thing about it, that's the good thing about it, is it can, it's irrevocable, meaning that it cannot be, it cannot be taken back, it cannot be argued against in the sense that if I create an irrevocable trust and I assign, <clears throat> let's just say you, Arlington, for argument's sake, I assign you as my mm -hmm. beneficiary on my irrevocable trust, that means I can't even make the change. I can't even update that or say, you know what, Arlington, no longer do I want you to be the person. Wait, you my can't even update it? Nope, nope, nope. I've, I've given all rights to the beneficiaries, which would in that case be you. So the only way it can amend or change is to say, you know what, I want out of this will. I'm giving Sean permission to update or amend this will. And once again, you know, to me, the fix is it's not a perfect science, but, you know, we try to think outside the box for this show. And the thing is, it's about having a conversation with those that are you have in your will or your beneficiary. You know, that's to me the solution. If you're creating a will or an estate plan, I think this whole illusion of making these things a secret is, is, is yesterday. If you, don't, unless, if you choose not to do an irrevocable and you just do a traditional will, you know, these can things, you can always update and change things along the way. You can always amend that unless you do the irrevocable. So don't think that See, that's my people, fear, people that like my family think once you write a will, that's it. It's signed away. It's in this book and it's going to collect cobwebs till the day that they pass. That's not the case. You know, the case is that right. these things can be amended along the way. See, but it's the important thing see, is to have a will, amend. is to have a will and to make all parties aware of what's going on. It's, I don't think we, it's a, it needs to be something that's a secret or hidden away from people that you are leaving things for. But, you know, the, you're talking about wills. There's also the other type of will, which is a living will. Correct. So touch on that for me. A living will is something that if you have now no longer capable or in, you know, able to handle your affairs and you, you become under some medical situ circumstance that you want somebody to carry out your, 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 your medical wishes uh, if you're unable to make those type of decisions. Well, that's a lot of information. We hope you guys... Um Picked up on it, but and we'll be getting... Arlen, you may not know, we'll but be, I'm, I'm carrying out your living will as we speak. You're carrying out my living will. You just don't know. I am no, I'm not yet incapacitated, but the thing I wanted to say is I'm always super nice to you, so you don't amend me out of your will. And I'm kind of pushing <laughs> for, you to, for I, I, you to do an irrevocable trust you with say, me in it. You usually say it, but I'm going to say now. Let's go to commercials because that's another topic. <laughs> NickNightDirect.com is a fast, easy way to shop online. To buy an item from any U.S. website, just go to NickNightDirect.com. That's N-I-C-N-A-T Direct.com. Choose your method of payment and we'll ship, handle duties, and deliver your item straight to your door. I'm Sean of NickNightDirect.com and you have my word. At Shea Essence, they take great care in handcrafting their line of skincare offering smooth textures and delicate natural aromas. They invite you to try their assortment of products for kids and adults and discover the difference Shea Essence can make in your life. Start shopping now at www.sheaessence.ca. Your skin is craving something good. Bye, guys.
So, Sean, what's up with this idea of you need to die with a net worth of zero dollars? Well, you know, Arlington, you brought up in, in conversation with me, you can't put, you know, I, I wish I could, but you can't put your bank balance or your credit score on your tombstone, right? So the point of having money after death is pointless. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that you've, you've designated your assets or your money to those, to your loved ones before you die so they're taxless, you know? Fortunately, you know, when my mother passed, well, I don't know if it was fortunately, unfortunately, but when my mother passed, she passed with cancer, and we knew ahead of time that she was going to pass. And so we had time right. to, um, to prepare. So, you know, my sister and I tried as best as we could to make sure that we transferred all of her assets over into our names so we didn't have to go through a lot of estate planning, a lot of things with lawyers and taking up fees because by, by the time my mom passed away, we had all of her assets in our name transferred in, and that's the well, game. Well, wait a second. You, you're making a really you're, – you're jumping over a little point, which is how were you able to take control of her assets to even make these changes? You guys must have had some type of power of attorney, correct? Exactly. We, we, we got power of attorney, which those that understand the definition of power of attorney is a legal document that gives someone you to choose a power to act in their place. So when my mom was in the hospital, we had a power of attorney come, a bank come and a lawyer come and give my sister power of attorney over my mom's accounts. And at that point, we started transferring a lot of our assets over into our names. So we didn't have to go through a lot of um, back-end estate planning. And, and that's the thing. You know, there's two ways in which you can die. You know, you can die where, you know, you will know you're going to pass and you're going to die unexpectedly. I think if you know you're going to pass, then you can, you can, you can plan things and have things in order among uh, coming to your passing. If you're, fortu if you're fortunately enough, unfortunately, and you don't know when you're going to pass, that's when, yes, you ha they have to fall into all this estate planning that we're talking about. But I think if you know beforehand, then you should share, you should hopefully have someone that you can trust in, your loved ones, that will, you can give them a lot, a majority of your wealth so that you don't, they don't have to be taxed on it after you die. Well, they say there's, you know, there's several keys to strong estate planning, and one of them is definitely a will. Would you say a will is the easiest way to transfer assets with the least resistance? Well, we talked about it in the previous segment. I think the best would be the strongest irrevocable will because that means nobody can contest the will. And as soon as you pass, it's transferred over right away. And that way is that the creditors can't get to the money because what happens is if you have a will before the... It's this, an irrevocable will or an irrevocable trust? Irrevocable trust. My apologies. Um, gotcha. with, with a will, you know, what happens is... Um, Everything has to be settled first before you can get paid out. So if your parents right, you leave, put you in probate court, right? If your parents leave you cash in the bank, right? right. If they leave you like forty thousand dollars cash in the bank, but you have your parents left you with sixty thousand dollars in credit card debt. Guess what happens before you can get to the, your accounts are frozen and your debt right. debtors are paid first. So the sixty thousand dollars their accounts are frozen. Your parents or whoever passed away accounts are frozen. Correct. And then the sixty thousand dollars it's paid off first in debt. And then whatever's remaining, you get, right? But with irrevocable, that doesn't happen. With the irrevocable trust, uh, the creditors are kind of held at bay until things are sorted out. But I would still, you still end up, you will still end up having to pay them as it goes along, right? Well, it gets back to the point I said earlier, you know, and I don't, this is getting to be a little gray area, but, you know, like I said, if you know your family is passing away prior to them passing, the best thing is, is to transfer as much of the assets as you can over into your name. Because once it's in your name, it's in your name. If you know they are, if, if, it, if the death happens unexpectedly, that's when the, yeah, these things come into play. Right. So at the very least, we should have a will. Correct. 
Now, with the irrevocable trust, there's also, are there any additional advantages besides keeping your creditors at bay? It's done quick and it's done easy as far as transferring of assets and trust. And the tax benefits, too. There's a lot of tax benefits, but that's something I think you should, you know, I don't like to claim to be any type of professional when it comes to these things, and you should really speak to your tax account on just the specifics and your trust on what the tax advantages would be had you, if you have an irrevocable trust. And once again, to the audience, I'm, we're not telling you in any way to get an irrevocable trust versus a trust, but to weigh the options. And that's what this show is about, is really to give right. you an opportunity. And you always like to, I know you're very big on the idea of teaching yeah, right. teaching you and letting you know to weigh your options and to make you know critical decisions about what what's good for you personally. Because what you know, the, what may be the best thing for you may not be the best thing for me. So it's really to give you an opportunity to explore these different options that are are out there. Right. Because when my then, mom died, I never knew there was such thing as irrevocable trust versus a trust. You know, and had I known, I would have probably made different decisions with my mom. Right. Well, did your mom have a living will? No, she didn't have a living will, but she had a will. Would you advise people to get a living will? Yes, because anything can happen. I could walk off this show and get hit by a car and then have still have still be alive physically, but not be in the point of where I'm able to make decisions for my well-being and my health. So yes, I think a living will is, is necessary. Just to clarify, a living will is one, we mentioned it in the first segment, it's one that allows you to stipulate what you'd like done in the event that you're unable to communicate those wishes yourself. Exactly. I know this is all like sad conversation in a sense, but it's necessary. I mean, we've all worked hard in our life to obtain certain things, and we just want to make sure it's handled in the best manner and, it, and our wishes are followed through because, you know, I would be, you know, it'd be sad to know that all these years I spent trying to build myself up and the things and things I want my loved ones to, to have that they're unable to get so or a lot of it's taken away from taxes and so forth because of my my not planning properly or making things more explicit to them and, 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 and to the and to the government as to what I want done after I pass or I'm not able to make decisions. You know what's interesting? One of the cons I read about a living will is that oftentimes you have to be really clear on what your stipulations are because oftentimes the doctors have a hard time deciphering what is wanted. So sometimes people don't get it. And and that's one thing I just, just, once again, I think it's yesterday to sit there and make these wills and trust up and not have the people around you involved in it or know of what's happening. Be aware of what's happening. You know, one of the things I I tend to do even with with my kids today who are 7-Eleven, you know, I get them involved in my business as much as I can. They come to my store. They, they collect rent checks for me and so forth. So they have a basic understanding of, you know, the assets that I've earned along the way so that when the time comes when I'm not able to do so, they can move forward with the business because a lot of people, a lot of kids or family members that assume real estate businesses from their loved ones don't know how to act accordingly, don't know how to manage these things, and they wind up losing it. It's almost like the equivalent of winning a lottery ticket, like we talked about in our previous shows about blinging till you're broke, like winning a lottery ticket. It comes the same way. If somebody handed me, you know, a, a New York City skyscraper with hundreds, if not thousands of tenants and all these different lawyers and these different expenses, I wouldn't know what to do as much as I think I'm well-versed in real estate. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't even right. know where no, to start. True. So it's, it's, it's important that you, you're on top of these things and you share it with your, with your loved ones. 
So my question for you is where does um, life insurance come into all of this? Life insurance basically, as we talked about, if I'll just speak more on, on, on the sense of term life insurance, it's basically saying that if something were to happen, if, if I pass, my person that I sign or people that I sign as beneficiary gets X amount of money, straightforward, cut, easy. And that money That's can it. be applied towards, like with my mother's life insurance policy, we applied it towards some of her funeral expenses and so forth. And, right. you know, my sister used it to, to buy a property in my mom's native country of Barbados and, and de- put it in her name, and which is what I love because it's my mom money has continued to work for her as she still has passed. So I thought that was a great thing that my sister did, actually. Oh, that's cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad your mom had insurance. More than four out of every 10 people in America don't own life insurance. Yeah. So I'm glad she was proactive in that sense. Um, yeah, she was. I mean, she was, and she she really, you know, um, made it a transition of, as far as funeral expenses and transition of her estate. Um, not that complex, to be honest with you, and because my sister and I, you know, we, we, we got along, and we knew that it was all a 50-50 split. There was not even any argument on that end as well. So, you know, it went as best but as just, it could be. Yeah, but just like another interesting fact, just so you know how low on the priority scale life insurance is for most people. It falls about seventh in terms of financial priorities. Right. So um, they say basically less than four in 10 Americans are actually um, more worried about saving for retirement than dying prematurely and creating a financial strain on their loved ones. Sorry, about, sorry, sorry, two-thirds, two-thirds of Americans. Like estate planning and then talking about life insurance right now and understanding that it's as vital as saving for retirement if you have those loved ones that you care deeply about. It's an important ingredient. Is there anything, Sean, that you um, learned from your mom's passing that you think could have been done differently or could have been handled better? Oh, uh, I can't wait till we get on to the next top of our show, which is the funeral. I think the funeral part is when I was, I made a lot of, you know, what I would call just guessing and trying to do the best thing in a, in a critical time. But if I had to do it all over again, you know, we would be, we, I would have done it totally different. So, yes, there is a lot of things. And as far as even getting back to a little bit of on estate planning, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, you know, I think with my mom, I should have pressured her more to be a little forthcoming about, you know, everything that she has set for my sister and I. And, right. you know, I advise kids, parents, you know, if you know that you are a beneficiary and your parents have voiced that to you or somebody close to you have voiced that to you, I think you should really get on them to really explain to them what they want to see happen after your death. And if you have, and if you are the person that have left people in your will, it's your responsibility when you're alive to, to, to share the information and share. So you felt them. like you were searching a little bit? To oh, find definitely. Things? Like there was a lot of, my mom, you know, she, she worked for the government and there was a lot of insurance programs that the government had on her behalf that we didn't know about until after she passed. And I can't right. 100% confidently say that we captured all of her insurance policies. I hope we did. I hope there's nothing that we missed, but you know, I can't sit there and say, I, I know I caught everything because there was, there was things that I didn't even know my mom had. And my mom didn't know that she had. You know, one of the last words I told my mom before she closed her eyes was that um, you were able to pay for your own funeral expense. And, and, and she was, in her living well years, she was not aware of that. In no way that she would have enough money to pay for her own funeral. But she did. Wow. You know, she did. So, you know, these are things that I think should be shared. All right. Well, 
will stick with us because we have more to share. We know this topic's a little heavy. I'm trying to be upbeat, information... people. Arlington, they try to be upbeat with this, but hey, <laughs> it's stuff that we need to share with you. We just find it important. So excuse us if it's not the most upbeat show that, you've, that we've had, but it's a show that I think is important as any other show that we've done to date. Sometimes you got to go into the dark to get to the light. And with that, Matt, take us to our sponsored break. Well, thanks, Arlington. Canvas Malibu is a boutique and contemporary art gallery located in Malibu, California. At Canvas Malibu, it starts with art, and their curated offering of shoes, apparel, accessories, and art are a definite must-see. Canvas Malibu is located in the Malibu Country Mart or online at canvasmalibu.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So once you get your estate planned, your wills, your living wills, your irrevocable trust, you get all the paperwork in order. The next thing that could kill you is the cost of a funeral. So Dion, what is the most expensive funeral on record? Because some of these things are crazy. I heard of a guy getting buried in a, in a Rolls Royce. Let me tell you, Arlington, I was shocked when I was doing my research. Ronald Reagan, our former president, $400 million. Damn funeral. Republicans. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Did they bury him in a jet? Sean, <laughs> 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 why are funerals so damn expensive? Well, let me tell you something. You know, not to put my business out on the street there. You know, my initial quote for my mom's funeral was $40,000. And after, the end, after I hustled and bustled, I brought that down to 18000 And, you know, at the end of the day, what people have to understand, I'm, I was going to say... Wait, 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 wait. How'd you go from forty to eighteen? Well, this is what I'm going to talk about, Arlington, how I went from forty to eighteen, you know. All right. First of all, I'm financially conservative, as we all know, a.k.a., you know, cheap. In some senses. I like to use a politically correct term of being financially conservative. And I, I, 
I, although it's morning, I have to justify in my head the cost versus the service. You know, what am I getting for? Right. What am I paying for $60,000? And, you know, some of you guys may not want to hear it, but, you know, to be blunt, this is what's involved in a funeral. They're picking up the body from the hospital in most cases and bombing the body. Embalming. So bombing the body. Em- and what, embalming. And what, you know, what that means to those that don't know, because I didn't know what it means. It means I don't even know what you said. I mean, the purpose, you know, Dion. <laughs> you mean embalming. Embalming. You know what? I'm going to let Dion give a little. Why li- do you keep saying bombing? Embalming. Dion, bombing why don't you give a little history of what that is? Because then I can talk more Dion, about why. why don't you give a history of how to say Why don't bombing? we save him, right, Arlington? Yeah, Let's please, before like, he embalms somebody. He Before he embalms <laughs> So just to let you know, um, embalming actually started uh, during the Civil War. So quite a few soldiers were dying abroad, and they needed to find a way to ship the bodies back for the families. So that's when embalming began. Can you imagine? Like, who was the first dude that was like, aha, if we take everything out of them, they will last Yeah, and that's what I want to say. Embalming means we just, you know, when my mom died, I was like, okay, right away the hospital's telling you they're going to send it to a funeral home, and they're going to pick it up, and they're going to embalm. And I'm like, okay, well, what I thought it was a, a, a law thing that has to be done by law. And really what it is... It's so, my mom doesn't stink at the wake. You know, they just suck out the insides and they stuff her like a turkey. And to me, I was like, you might as well have cremated her because all that's left of her is just the outer skin. The, all of the inside was just removed. And it's just so she right. doesn't stink. And, you know, people don't understand. That's not Can required by smell? law. You don't have to embalm. And that costs thousands of dollars to vacuum my mom He said it. He said it. Dion, did you hear that? He said embalm. He did say embalm. Yeah. He did say it. I <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it costs thousands of dollars to, to, to do this vacuum process that you know i don't see to be necessary in my opinion if you look there's there's certain oils that you can put on the body there's certain things you can even just freeze the body and then have the wake and and as the wake is going on you are on thawing just don't have a eight hour wake you know freeze it up wait we're gonna get we're gonna get back although, to the although freezing. interestingly enough sean just so you know people are moving away from you know the the typical burl you're talk, talking about that would involve the embalming yeah, right. and are moving towards cremation. Yeah. So just to put it out there, they're saying by 2030, 71 percent um, of of funerals will uh, entail cremation. Right. And, and, and let's, let's get back to the cost. Get back to the cost. So, yeah, let's not go too forward into that. Good night, Sean. You really save money because you got a broker. Tell me about that guy. Sadly enough, one of my closest friends' father passed away six months ahead and what I do and what everybody should do in any situation not just with this when you have a high expense you know don't make it a secret put it out there so I put it out there amongst my close friends hey man this funeral is going to cost me 40 grand do you know of any better way do you you hear of anything else does this make sense to you and you know what one of my friends told me hey Sean have you heard of a funeral broker I'm like a funeral broker what what is a funeral broker he's yeah there's these guys that they can go in there and they can negotiate pricing for you look around and get a better deal and he referred me to his funeral broker Mr. LaFleur. That's crazy. You know. That's crazy. And uh, Mr. LaFleur was able to get my funeral down from 40000 to 18000 And mind you, it was at the same funeral house, the same casket, the same service. Everything was identical. So a funeral broker is essentially a middleman for the funeral process. Exactly. Because if anybody now, is he knows, a one-stop shop? Right. Well, the one-stop shop thing is when you go to the funeral home. And that's where, oh, you know, it's, and people don't understand. Like, when you walk into a funeral home, Everybody's somber. Everybody's wearing suits, and you assume that these are people of like 
that are looking out for your best interests, or these have their religious share the same religious beliefs as you, and so forth. No, these are right. business people. They are business people. They they make money off of dealing with the dead and dealing and managing people like yourselves. They are business. Beyond, don't we have a stat on uh, the compensation that funeral directors receive? Um, I don't actually have a stat on how much they receive, but at the end of the day, you know, according to uh, Mm parting.com, most funeral directors' compensation is tied to profits generated by the funeral home or the sales commission. So it's their job to upsell you. Exactly. There you have it. Men in black. One thing I realized is the whole funeral process, there's a lot of things that you are suggested to pay for that you really don't need. Like what? Okay. They talk about you, and I and I did it. I did it. I got suckered into it. You know, I can kick myself for it now. I paid thousands of dollars. You can have a lining, or you can create a cement block for the casket when it's buried. Okay. So, what is the purpose of this thing? You know what it is? It's to prevent right. the casket to to prolong the casket from eroding and therefore the body eroding. So they can you can dig a six feet hole and you can concrete it so the casket sits in the concrete, or you can create a lining so it takes longer for it to erode. And now when you really What's think of What's the lining it, made of? I, I have no clue. But when you really think of it, what okay. is the purpose of this? This person has passed. They have deceased. You know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Why are we... Right. Where does it say in any religious terms that you should prolong the corpse and make... Hey, back in the day, we used to put people in caves and put the stone in front. That was it. Exactly. Where is it? So, and my thing is like, you want the earth to start taking over the casket, to start entering the body. Like, you're never going to pull this body out from the grave and look at it again. So why pay right. for this cement block lining to prevent the earth? And we do it. We do it. Like, they brought this lining and thing up for me. I didn't do the concrete thing because that was thousands of dollars, but I did do the lining. And at the end of the day, right. it was unnecessary. And th- did I follow up? Did I look in the, in the hole and say, where's the lining? No. There was no follow-up. Not saying they didn't do it, but why pay for it? Yeah. Well, then that takes you... But then you can also do that more natural burial, the green burial. Exactly, exactly. Even the, even the casket costs. I mean, you can go online and get a casket for, for $500 on Amazon, a pine casket. And people run away from... 549 to be Yeah, exact. people run away from pine caskets. But, you know, when you really research about it, pine caskets are probably the best because they, take the, they, they disintegrate the fastest. Why, you Why can, when you say a pine casket, do I just have that picture of those pa- caskets they take off the back of like a stagecoach? In a Western? Why not? But why not? Am I? Why not? Listen, if I put my mother in a pine casket, she will haunt me for the rest of my life. (laughs) There is no way. She wants the mahogany with the burgundy velveteen interior. Oh, God. Or perhaps like like Raja Gabor, who who has a 24-karat gold-plated casket. Exactly. Worth $40,000. But you know what this does? People don't understand. Yeah, we can talk about all that stuff in jest. But at the end of the day, paying for all this stuff... Takes, takes out of money either from the estate that your family left for you or out of your personal pocket. And I think at the end of the day, my mom would be happy to know that my sister bought a property and named it after her or helped pay for her kids to go to university or my kids to go to university rather than getting her a monogony, mahogany uh, tomb, uh, um, casket. So, you know, those well, are the I things have... to take in perspective. And when they're alive, ask, them, ask me, like, what do I want to be buried in after I read this thing, this stuff and I understand it better? Either cremate me or put me in a pine casket. If you want to put right. some flowers there, I don't have a problem with that. But please, don't spend more than five, $500 $1,000 on my casket. Let me tell you, man, there is no way my mom is going for any of those elements. Like, she wants me to shut down 
the streets. She needs 18 police in tow. The wake has got to last about three weeks so people can come from the, all ends of the, war, the, the earth. There's a lot that is demanded, but I, I hear you. I definitely hear you. But didn't you, didn't you even come across something where you can rent a casket? Yeah, that's for cremation. You can rent a casket. If you decide to get cremated and you want to have a viewing for the body before you cremate it, you can rent the casket, lay the person in it, and then take them out and put them in the fire. And you also, you can also ha- buy a casket for cremation. And that's not required by law. A lot of people may want to say, when you cremate, that you, they want to put you in a casket. But at the end of the day, wrap me up in a sheet, throw me into the fire. Okay, I, I really brought up the rental casket because I'm dying to know. How long do you get the casket for? I don't like. Is it like a rental car? If you go over, they charge you for the next day. You get like four hours, eight hours. Well, it depends how comfortable you are in the casket, I guess. But (laughs) 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 it's for the duration of the week. Do they have like the economy casket? I don't know. But you know, one thing I know: when you come to my wake, everybody. Please make sure you have some kind of thing covering your face and your mouth. What is it? Because I am going to smell like a body should. Do not embroil me. Freeze me as long as you can. If you guys Did take, you say embroil uh, now? Embody me, what? whatever you want to do. You if you guys if you guys decide to embalm me, if you guys decide to stay late at my wake and drink and drink, then you guys will know that, hey, there's going to be a smell. My <laughs> thing is they give you a two-hour window, get there on time. Pay your respects and get the hell out of Dodge before I start unthawing, okay? So you're a fan of the ice. What was it? You you had mentioned the ice technique where they can put you on ice and bring you out? Yeah, because I've, I've seen shows where like, they're trying to figure out how to bring humans back to life. So in case I want everything intact, in case they figure it out, figure it out. And, and give me a shock and bring me back to the world, you know? So freeze me up and, and, and leave me alone. Just freeze me up and get to my wake early. That's the plan. Get there early. And I don't need th- a weekend of viewing my body. You have two hours, one day, that's it. Bury me the next day. Well, Dion, don't we have a stat on the cremation because it seems to be on an uptick? Yes. So as I was saying, more and more people are moving towards cremation. Uh, by 2030, they're, se- they're saying 71% of people will use cremation. And I've researched online, you can buy an urn for $20. And at the end of the day, this urn is just holding, you know, ashes. You don't need to spend thousand dollars on an urn. Well, we could put you in a Pepsi bottle. Hey, diet, diet Pepsi, because I know you like diet Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. What are the church fees like? We didn't touch on that, and I think that's important because oh, well, I think people I'm not, think I don't oh, I'm get a member of the church. Religious, but that's that's like but they that's, charge you. That's the conscious charge. The pastor minister say whatever you feel to give, you know, you give. So you have to play on your conscience of what you should give, and also What's understand that you know. You can't just walk into most churches or congregations and say, hey, right. you know, you have to have a relationship with that, with that church or that synagogue or wherever you decide to, to want your service to be. So you make right. sure that your butt gets to church or gets to, you know, wherever you need to go to build that religious connection before you go. If not, you'll be buried on the corner. You'll be, your service will be on the corner street. I know with the church thing, because like my mom says, there are people that show up for church Easter and Christmas. And there are some people that don't show up at all, and all of a sudden they pass away, and people are like, oh, we want to have a church service, and they don't have a church. Right, exactly, exactly. So you have to have that kind of relationship already built. you know. But for me, honestly, I, I, I've lived in Canada, United States, and parts of the Caribbean as well, so I really have no clue where I want my funeral to be. But I think that's the best thing, just to cremate me and throw my ashes over Carnival Day. That's, that's I hear you. I think I want to be sprinkled over a mountain. You don't even yeah. climb mountains. 
talking about? See, why, why are you going to detract from my last final request? That's why you're not going to be in my will. I'm not climbing not no mountain near, for you. You've never you're climbed not coming a mountain near before. My, not a mountain, like a hill. I okay, we'll say that. There's Don't hills. say a mountain. Everything in, you have an audience thinking Mount Everest or some big mountain. Say you want to be, I'll, I'll, I'll climb a hill for you. <laughs> not Everest. I don't want to go up to Everest and freeze my ass off for all eternity. I mean, like, you know, the Santa Monica Mountains. You just go on a hike, one, one of my favorite hikes, and you just sprinkle me along the hike. Just drop me along the trail. Dion, what do you want to do? There's something romantic about being cremated and spread over the ocean, you know? Ah. In my home island of St. Lucia. All right. Dion's in the ocean. Sean's in the Caribbean. I'm on a hiking trail somewhere near my home. Correct me, though. If and don't cremate me if you see there's a cure to bring back the dead. <laughs> Freeze me up. <laughs> store me. <laughs> so there's a correction. <laughs> if there's a light at the end of the title, <laughs> I want to be back, okay? You have a Arlington, co- you have do, a we, do we want him twice? I, I don't know. know. <laughs> Dion, I hope I'll be dead by then. And give me back my state money. Back. Give me back my state money, too. <laughs> I want it all back. <laughs> Give me back my come back. I want my house back. I want my money back. I want it back. I'm back. Dion, if they bring Sean back, leave me where I am. <laughs> so listen, this week my bottom line is we all gotta die. The choice is yours with what that's going to look like. You're in the ground or you're ash, but try not to leave a mess behind for your people to deal with. And remember, no one ever put their credit score or bank balance on their tombstone. So I'm with Sean. I'm going out with a zero balance, and I may just buy a Ferrari before I go. My takeaway to you all is that, you know, be proactive. Take action of your estate. Make sure you have a living will, and then you also have a will or a revocable trust or trust intact, and your loved ones know about it, and they understand the dynamics of it. And with regards to funerals, make sure you do a little research on understanding what a, what's entailed in a funeral so you know the things that you should that you need and what you don't need and understand you know and let your loved ones know what type of funeral you would like to have and you know this will save you thousands of dollars and it'll put you in a position of being proactive rather than reactive and that's it see you guys next week remember to email your questions to two black guys need credit at financiallyclean.com follow us on instagram and twitter at two black guys good credit and I'm Arlington, and I'm out. I'm Sean, and I'm out of here. And I'm Dion, and I'm out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 